All right. Well, there's there's another issue that they have, and it's with this noetic effect of sin. Why is it necessary to presuppose God according to Van Til? Well, the Ligonier authors have a theory about that. They attribute to Van Til the notion that the fundamental fallacy of the traditional approach is not recognized uh, that without knowing everything, one cannot know anything. But Van Til, in fact, explicitly denies the principle that we must know everything in order to know anything. On the contrary to Van Til, our need to presuppose God has nothing to do with idealistic epi uh, epistemological uh, speculations. Rather, we presuppose God because it, in the nature of the case, that it is the right way to reason, and because, therefore, we are obligated to reason that way. The necessity is an ethical necessity, and that's exactly what Frame has talked about in, in this book, is that it comes back to it is the correct, as in right way, the, the ethically correct way uh, to, to um, think things. Right, and so notice... They claim that Van Til is saying the fundamental fallacy of the traditional approach, their approach, is in not recognizing that without knowing everything, one cannot know anything. Well, you know, I, clearly Van Til is not saying that. You got to know everything in order to know anything. Right. Van Til, he tells us, explicitly denies the principle that we have to know everything in order to know uh, anything, right? All he's suggesting is that Van Til is presupposing um, God has nothing to do with this idealist epistemological speculation. Rather, we presuppose God because in the nature of the case, you know, that's the right, right way to reason. So v Van Til says that uh, this brings us to the question of the noetic effects of sin. He says at this point, he finds a surprising amount of agreement between the Ligonier authors and Van Til. Uh, he says the both agree that the pagan problem is not that they uh, do not know that God is, but that he does not like, that is the pagan, does not like the God who is. So the problem is not that the pagan does not know who God is. The problem is that he does not like the God who is, right? Mm -hmm. That's the issue. And so he asked, that is, Frame asked, then why do people need complex arguments in order to believe? And the answer is that they repress the truth revealed in, in creation. They're not uh, morons, but they're foolish, as the scripture says. Right? The problem is not intellectual weakness, but moral refusal to accept what is clearly revealed. Or, Frame says we can put it this way, they do have intellectual problems, but the intellectual problem is produced by the moral problem, not the moral problem by an intellectual. They know God, but they do not know uh, him savingly, says is what the issue is. Right. Right. And we, uh, I mean, that's, that's clearly what both sides see, but that's clearly what we see in scripture. It's not... Uh, let me take your stony mind and, and make you think new thoughts. It's let me take your stony heart and make you alive. So it's, it's a, it's, it's always uh, considered a hard issue, but from that hard issue, then all things flow. In fact, uh, you know, when we look at James from, out, uh, uh, or, or Jeremiah from out of the, the heart speaks and from the tongue is, is all the things that are inside that come out. And, are, are could be vile and 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 biting and and serpent-like 
And so it's, it's always been, uh, from a scriptural point of view, a, a heart issue on those things. And then it's God extending an offer and saying, come, let us reason together, not come, uh, let me change your mind on these things. And, and, um, uh, you know, then you'll be able to, to see what I, uh, Comments and 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 are able to understand. Uh, it's a revelation of God using uh, what He has already made within us. But again, that sin, the the noetic effect, the 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 the, the mind issue, the heart issue, is uh, is uh, driven from that ethical approach that that we don't we we hate God. We we say we don't believe Him, and then we also hate Him at the same time. Uh, that 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 glorious dichotomy of of unbelief. God doesn't exist and I hate him. <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yep. He's, he's a murderous monster, but he definitely doesn't exist. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, the interesting net result is that on paper, well, there's very little difference between Ligonier and Van Til on the noetic event of sin and the testimony of the spirit. Both maintain that depravity is total, right? Especially if, uh, Ligonier, the, 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 the reformed ink, uh, almost, uh, not quite, but that probably has a bad connotation, but, uh, d definitely, um, outspoken on their reformed, uh, uh, uh beliefs, uh, but also Van Til. So we, we understand that they are going to have, uh, the, the tulip aspect uh, to them, but the, the total depravity that has caused uh, repression of the truth and that unbelievers has intellectual difficulties because of his moral rebellion, Romans one that he has knowledge of God, but not saving knowledge to both the testimony of the spirit works with and through our apologetic arguments to break down that rebellion and lead the unbeliever to acknowledge the truth that he already knows. Again, it's not just um, that that God uh, works in a only spiritual manner. It's it's uh, again, Romans one before the, 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 the point in time where we always quote Romans one, it's the gospel that is unto salvation. It, it is, it is your word. That is truth. It is hearing the word. It is understanding that uh, uh, Jesus speaks in parables because um, he wants those who will believe in the correct way to hear the uh, almost uh, spiritual backdrop of, of the stories he's preaching and that there won't be false converts among them uh, who uh, won't understand the story. Uh, but, but if he just said, oh, you know, just believe in me and, and you'll be saved. Well, th then uh, what, what he means is uh, I believe Jesus is right there. I believe he's right there. Look, I'm a disciple. I'm, I'm able to go on. Now, can I have my basket full of food? Well, no, there's a reason he's talking about, uh, you know, farmers and seeds uh, being thrown about. And even the disciples have to go and ask, the, ask, uh, ask Jesus as well. So those things are, are um, um, important. It's not just, uh, you know, why does God need apologists? Well, God needs apologists in the same way uh, that he um, needs anything as he doesn't. But it's one of the devices he uses in order to... Um, to have a relationship with his people is his town criers, his, his, uh, uh, princes and princesses that he saves and brings into his family. Um, but it is the, the, the heralding of, of his word, um, that, um, uh, Adam was to do that. The garden was to do that Israel was supposed to do. I mean, we see this throughout uh, the, the apologetic nature of it has only turned into more of a, um, scholarly aspect, uh, to it, uh, in the past, maybe 200 years, but it's always been, um, a, a desire of, of, of apologists to, um, to be 
evangelical in nature and uh, answering those questions, e- even even um, the against heresies and 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 uh, uh, early Christian writing has been to respond to a, a truth aspect of no, you're not um, you're not uh, portraying God in a, a particular correct way. And here, let me show you why. And hopefully that speaks and uh, turns people so that um, that uh, they're no longer Gnostic, but they go and, and come and join uh, the real church. Exactly. And so both of them, both sides in this particular debate hold to the same noetic effect of sin and all the consequences of that. Well, part of the reason for this agreement that I kind of uh, uh, alluded to is that a Ligonier form and the traditional apologetics is self-consciously uh, Calvinistic. So again, right. uh, we, we, we would see that overlapping well. It just seems that um, maybe the conflating of the ideas uh, or maybe not fully understanding um, uh, Van Til um, uh, seems to be playing out here. But also, you know, not to fully rag on Ligonier, but there might be other background issues for why they want to push for their direction rather than um, embrace presuppositionalism. But right. uh, that's not stated here, so we can only guess. All right. All right, so he's covered uh, Van Til's basic two approaches here, and he finds that, at least in terms of the noetic effects of sin, that there's lots of common ground with regard to both sides here, both the classical Ligonier approach and the Van Tilian approach. Because, as you mentioned there, that he says they're both Calvinistic, right? And so uh, that's what he would expect. So what he does next now is he moves to the Ligonier apologetic. So they've criticized Van Til and suggested that they don't agree with at least um, large portions of where Van Til is coming from. So how do you do apologetics from a classical perspective? What is the Ligonier apologetic? Excuse me. And so he says the Ligonier authors believe, as we've seen, that traditional apologetics is sick and ailing, and though though it's not dead, so they want to re- resurrect traditional classical apologetics. He says one of the reasons uh, for the malaise, in their view, is that other modern classicists have abandoned the traditional claim that the truth of Christianity can be demonstrated, settling for arguments that merely claim probability instead of certainty. So notice he's suggesting that they want arguments that give certainty as opposed to probability. Now, of course, that's what Van Til was after as well, right? Mm-hmm. But they're going to do it in a different way. All right, so here's so that's their approach. We want to bring certainty to the arguments and not probability. Correct. We want to have uh, you know demonstrative arguments and not uh, you know inductive probability arguments. So that's going to be their approach, and he's going to spell that out for us. Mm-hmm. So he says, but how can we reach the levels of demonstrative certainty? Well, in the Ligonier view, uh, decisive appeal to special revelation is excluded. So the, the Bible is out. That would be presuppositionalism. Right. But that means that the argument must be wholly based on human sensation and reason, unaided by special revelation. Everyone agrees that human reason and cessation are fallible, so whence the desire for certainty? Right. Yeah, where, how are we going to get it? Right. Well, he says the Ligonier authors believe that such certainty can be attained by appeal to certain universal 
and necessary assumptions. And these are assumptions that, though sometimes challenged, cannot be regularly and consistently denied. Thus, they are prerequisites of science and indeed of all human life, right? <laughs> and so these, and they give them to us, they spell them out for us. These are the laws of non-contradiction, the law of causality, and the basic reliability of sense perception. And they suggest that since these principles cannot be regularly and consistently denied, um, the book argues, they must be regarded as certain along with any of their implications. So how do they get to certainty? Well, there are some you know, assumptions that are universal and necessary. And so once you, uh, you know, kind of add these assumptions or work with these assumptions, then that can get us to certainty. And thus, the authors try to show that Christianity, then, is one of the implications of these various assumptions. Um, to deny Christianity, then, is to deny one or more of those universal and necessary assumptions. Since we cannot deny those, Christianity must also be regarded as certain. So, boom, there you go. You have certainty. <laughs> right. And now, you know, wrap it up, you know, <laughs> yeah. and we're done. Right, right exactly. <laughs> Uh, you don't have to say by what standard you've, 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 right. you've, proved, you've proved the science. <laughs> well, the argument is transcendental, even presuppositional in a sense. The authors well, are asking, what are well, the assumptions necessary for life and knowledge to be possible? I wonder what that so sounds notice, like. Yeah, yeah, they fall right into the same issue that they're criticizing. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> How dare you, Van Til? Also, it's only okay when we do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Vantel asks the same questions and concludes that the whole con content of God's revelation is such a, ne a necessary assumption. In one sense, Ligonier's authors are saying the same thing, but less directly. To deny Christianity, they say, is indeed to deny truths that we cannot consistently and regularly deny, like logic, like ethics, like science, <laughs> all those things. I, I wonder if, if we've been saying that for uh, 240 <laughs> episodes. Well, Van Til similarly says that unbelievers cannot consistently and regularly deny Christianity. They can exist only on borrowed capital. They, they steal from our worldview is what we say. Inconsistently making use of Christian ideas that they wish to reject. Right. And so, so that's his first uh, kind of shot uh, at these, <laughs> at their particular approach, right? That it's awful similar to uh, a presuppositional uh, kind of approach. Now what he does is he looks at their specific arguments and he's gonna criticize some of the specific arguments that they give uh, in the book. He says, um, he wants to look at their theistic proofs. So he says there, for instance, ontological argument is kind of Jonathan Edwards. He says is virtually, um, you know, Parmenian uh, in that uh, we have an idea of being. In fact, we can think of nothing else than being. And so non-being is unthinkable. We have an idea of being. We can think of nothing else than being. Non-being is unthinkable. Thus, being must be eternal, if that's the case, and omnipresent, uh, and that is limitless in all its perfections. In other words, God. So there you are. You get that's kind of an ontological argument mm -hmm. based on Edwards, and we get ourselves to God because of the nature of being, right? 
He says, now there's an object, obvious objection to this, uh, which the book doesn't even mention. Um, however infinite being may be, is the objection here, our idea of being extends to finite being as well, right? Mm -hmm. So we're not only talking about infinite being, we're also talking about all the being, which includes finite being. And therefore, if being is divine, if you know, if the idea of being is divine, and you have to include finite being as part of that divine being, uh, then without some modification, the argument proves, Brain uh, tells us, pantheism. Right. right. And, and, and so, so Ligonier has become the Mormons. Folks don't want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Although, even there, it's a little sketchy on what what the, yeah. the, the pre-incarnate state of us were but yes yeah so th this this seems to be uh n n not what they want to actually argue because of the implications of of being from not just a god point of view but then is is man then also infinite and so we share a uh non-communicable aspect of god well but it's then communicable so it doesn't seem to be what they they actually want to to be arguing from from their point of view all right, well, the cosmological argument, our authors state that the law of causality first in what uh, they admit to be the tautological fashion. Every effect has a cause, since the word is contingent, if uh, they argue, it, there must be an effect, right? So uh, we, we talk about this with um, the Kalam argument for, for every uh, 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 initial uh, uh, thing in the universe, there is a cause, uh, there has to be at some point a first cause, and from that first cause, uh, we say God is that first cause. And so uh, we go back to everything else has a cause and then effect. What then is the cause? Uh, the word world is not a mere illusion, non-being um, as above, uh, nor is it self-created, which is nonsense. If it is self-existent, then it is in effect transcendent, uh, transcendent and divine. So God's existence is proved if it is created by a self-existent being, then again, God is proved. An infinite number of uh, contingent beings cannot be the world cause. If no one of them is sufficient to cause the world, then the whole series will be will not be uh, sufficient either. Much can be said and has been said about this sort of argument. What is most notable to me uh, to, to frame as in the Ligonier version of the ontological argument, the authors fail to clearly rule out the pantheistic alternative, namely the universe is its own God. So, hmm. you know, we, we, we think, okay, well, it's baked into the universe. That's definitely one of the aspect from the atheistic uh, point of view that can be brought up. Well, reason is just there. The, the, the science is just there uh, because the universe is uh, uh, always has been, or the, the universe um, um, has all the, characteristics of, uh, of, of God. And so we exist uh, within that nature. Yeah. Right. And so again, right. This is kind of the classical cosmological argument. They put their kind of twist on it. It's the basic <laughs> idea, right? The law of causality, uh, every effect has a cause since the world is contingent and it must have a, it's an effect. And so it must have a cause. And of course, God is that cause. It's not self-created and that would be nonsense. It's, if it is self-existence, then, you know, it's uh, transcendent and divine. So God still exists. So that still proves it. And if it's created by a self-existent being, then again, God is proved. And so, you know, this is kind of the, kind of the traditional cosmological argument. 
And then uh, uh, Frame suggests that, you know, that kind of, again, as we saw with the ontological arguments, leads to a kind of pantheism that he has problems with. Mm -hmm. uh, the final uh, way, the argument that he looks at that they give, um, or at least that we want to cover here, he does look at one more, but we'll cover this one. He says the ontological and cosmological arguments together suggest that on the Ligonier view, that is the classical view that they're defending, a being is unlimited and therefore possesses all excellencies in infinite degree. All right, so there. It's unlimited and it, it possesses all excellencies in infinite degree. These excellencies then include all the traditional attributes of the Christian God, including personality and so forth. And therefore, God exists. So notice this one is based on the argument from excellencies. Right? That's uh, and this, you know, if uh, this recalls maybe one of Thomas Aquinas' five ways <laughs> arguments from excellencies. Right? Yep. But he says the concept of an excellency, a perfection, is religiously problematic. What does he mean? Well, he's, what is excellent to one person is a defect in the eyes of another. For instance, personality is a perfection to a Western, right, imbued mm -hmm. with Christian teaching. But to a Buddhist, that would not necessarily be uh, the case. Right? It's not necessarily excellent to a Buddhist. And therefore, the sort of proof he suggests that they offer in their book presupposes a particular set of values, that is, Western Christian values, or else it's just simply invalid. It doesn't work because it doesn't apply to everyone. In, in, in other words, either it is presuppositional in terms of its argumentation, or else it's a failure. And so, again, he doesn't think this particular argument from excellency does what they want it to do. Right, right, because they, they want to provide a, a kind of a neutral platform that both sides can agree on and then go from there. But if you say, uh, well, you know, uh, the, the uh, personality is a perfection and then the Buddhist uh, who's on the stage would say, well, I don't agree with that. And so now you're left right. with no basis. And so how, how, do, you, how do you do that? How, you know, where do we go from here? Uh, you know, just drink our water, cough, and then leave the stage. Well, okay. Uh, the conclusions then, uh, there must, uh, there's much more here to make us think. And he says that he was surprised at how close these authors were to Van Til at places. There are, he thinks, some areas here for further dialogue between Van Tilian and Ligonier apologists. There is much similarity in regards to general revelation and the noetic effects of sin. And I think, uh, you know, uh, people like uh, uh, Calvin would agree with that. And so there's a basis for both sides to kind of come together and talk about that. There's recognition of the need for more than mere probability in grounding our faith. Uh, you know, I, I think maybe it's more likely than not that Jesus rose from the dead. And so I'm going to <laughs> devote my entire life to is such a thing uh, to the point of uh, uh, being killed for it or to uh, uh, giving up everything that I have and uh, going to the backwaters of Montana to uh, talk to six people for my entire life in hopes that uh, maybe their grandchildren will come to saving faith. Okay. So I, I totally depend on the 51%. 51% percent. <laughs> right. probability and therefore I'm going to live yeah. my life by yeah. that. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll not get to 
the 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 whole numbers the whole numbers yeah <laughs> uh so there's much similarity in regard to general relation the novetic fixant uh, there is uh recognition that mere probability uh in grounding our faith uh needs to be more and the authors also recognize that the evidential arguments presuppose some elements of a christian worldview which again they didn't want to do but it seems like in even in their writing it's what they're doing well, the chief difference is in the evolution, uh, in, the, in the evaluation of autonomy. There is also room for further debates as to who here is being most consistent within their shared Calvinistic premises. Surely, though, there's plenty of room for mutual support and encouragement in the Lord. And so, uh, like a good frame himself, he, uh, he wants to bring it back uh, to uh, unity in the faith, which is a biblical approach, and who... Who would be surprised that frame is uh, pointing to the Bible once again? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that is uh, the end of our our coverage, at least, of apologetics, a justification of Christian belief by the John Frame. And um, um, I think uh, this book offers uh, a good kind of college introduction into uh, maybe uh, uh, getting past a uh, uh, maybe anything that you've read from Bonson, like the last Bonson book that we did. I think that's a good uh, introduction from a high school going into college approach to presuppositionalism. And you might think, well, I really like, uh, you know, William Lane Craig, and I also see value in, in um, you know, Bonson or Van Til. What are, what are some of the, the, the things that we can see as far as uh, differences uh, within those um, and, 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 you know, maybe what are some other aspects uh, to discussion? And so I think that's where Frame's book comes in because he doesn't fully agree with Van Til in a lot of things. He thinks that uh, there's elements of classical uh, approach that can come into play as well. And in fact, in this appendices uh, that we covered, he mentions uh, softening to probability in, in some aspects. So maybe he's like a 98 percenter rather than a 51 percenter. <laughs> And so, um, so this uh, b book is a recommendation. And also, um, although he uses words like tautology and ontology and epistemology uh, that we've covered, hopefully uh, you've come alongside us and, and uh, 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 opened up your book uh, with, your, with your cup of coffee and um, um, we've helped to explain a, a little bit of that so that uh, this isn't uh, so much a um, thought of as a scholarly book because it's not because in the appendices, you can see uh, uh, the, the ones that we didn't cover uh, more of where the scholarship of, of frame is. And so this, it, this isn't a, a lightweight uh, um, deal for frame as well. Closing thoughts, anything that I've missed? No, I, I think we're good here. So yeah, I think uh, frames book is really helpful. And I think you've kind of laid it out really well, right? This is kind of a more advanced approach with regard to the uh, suppositional apologetics. Um, and uh, and I think, you know, that helped. It's helpful to us. You know, it. Uh, James Anderson, you'll remember, we talked about his book. Um, uh, the, I believe the Christianity. A while back. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so this one is, is, is Anderson's, I think, is, does the same kind of thing that you suggest Bonson does, right? This is probably the next step up from Bonson. And then this one here is probably the next step up from that. I would think something like that. But yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah. so 
Brian can be heavy in you know in instances here, but I think he, he does a good job. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I think our next episode is probably just going to be a book introduction uh, that we've done in the past of, of kind of given uh, us a, a couple uh, week or so of, of uh, allowing the book to come in uh, for you. And then um, also uh, we figure out which one we want to do as well. And then um, uh, we'll be able to uh, shoot a few uh, episodes and, and um, maybe get ahead of you a little bit if it's something we haven't read uh, before. Uh, but hopefully um, you've enjoyed this. Uh, you've been enjoying our past 200 plus uh, episodes. Uh, and we th thank for you for commenting and watching and uh, um, just uh, uh, being part of the discussion. And hopefully um, um, you're able to, to use this and be edified um, and come to saving faith in Jesus Christ and also be encouraged in your faith in Jesus Christ. Because uh, that's ultimately what, uh, what we want to do. And it's what... Uh, 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 we get out of it as well. So that's it. Uh, continue to look at uh, cavethecross.com for all the short clips as well. Uh, it's also posted on YouTube and Rumble and Odyssey and then uh, all the podcast catchers. Uh, you get the main episodes as well. So thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. See you next time.